Happy Sabbath. Welcome to Crosswalk and welcome to our Rearrange series. This series is about changing our priorities as we kind of come out of captivity. And while we haven't necessarily been in captivity, right? That's not exactly what we've been in. It has felt like it. And I know there are so many of you, many of you guys who are going to school, many of you who are working from home, who have felt just cooped up and caged up and even have perhaps some anxiety about interacting with the world again. And I get that. I felt that too. But we're going to come out of this. We're going to get through it. And what we have to do right now is we have to think about what it means to come out of it and how we want to do that. We want to do it well. We want to do it so that we've changed our priorities and made sure that we have changed our, not our value system necessarily, because probably your value system was great, but making sure that we understand that we have got an opportunity to almost start again. So we're moving on to chapter three. And today's story is a story about the presence of God. And it's also a story about what we can do when God is present in our lives. Now, the question that I have for you to begin with is, have you ever done something that just didn't work at all? Like, I mean, failed miserably. A, a business, a song you were writing and it just wasn't good. A painting and then you realize that you can't paint. Or maybe it was something bigger than that, something that you really felt that you were called to do, but it didn't really go all that well. Listen, I've had a f few of these things. A few is nice to myself. I've had a lot of these things. I can't tell you how many songs I've written that nobody should ever hear, and really nobody has. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to paint, and of course I live with an artist, and I can't get through the, the first two swipes of a brush because I know I don't know what I'm doing. You see, Moses was kind of living in that moment. And then God showed up. And God decided he was going to call him to something. So let's jump right in, reading from the New Living Translation, Exodus chapter 3. It begins like this. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. Now, I, this is a moment for me when I read this again. And I don't know why I didn't know this. You understand that when Moses went to Midian, he had to go through the Sinai Peninsula. And then when Moses went back to Egypt, he had to go back through the Sinai Peninsula. Also, Sinai is in the midst of the Sinai Peninsula a bit. So he was taking the flock of sheep in that region. Did it ever make you wonder why in the world they had to wait 40 years once they got into that region? Because even though they had the presence of God, they hadn't been listening and God had to teach them something. And that term 40, man, it's so important in this story because as you know, Moses was 40 and then he was 40 and then he, then he was 80 and then he was 120. He spent a lot of time in that region. So he was familiar with this area and now he's at Sinai, the mountain of God. And it says there, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. Now, think about this. Moses is alone. He's guarding sheep, which is not a very exciting job. 
And he's in the midst of the desert. We've all seen those things called oasis that we see in the middle of the desert or mirages. Sorry, not oasises. Oasises are awesome. But mirages that we see in the middle of the desert. And I wonder if he looked at that and thought, well, I don't know what's really going on there. Have you ever been alone and felt like things were happening, felt like houses were creaking? Or felt, I, was, I was alone one time in this hotel room and um, I was watching some movie on in my iPad or my, my, um, my computer, I don't remember, and I had these really nice headphones on. And the headphones were nice enough that everything that creaked in the middle of this movie made me feel like it was happening to me. I finally had to take the headphones off and I couldn't watch the movie anymore. It freaked me out. I wonder if Moses was alone, a little nervous about what he was seeing, wondering, I wonder if I'm, gonna, if I'm going a little crazy. Sometimes when God calls, it feels very unreal. In fact, those strong calls of God often feel very unreal. And they also often call us to do things that we never had any intention of doing. So Moses sees this and he decides, I've got to go over there. I've got to check it out. He says, this is amazing. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. So here's a, here's a point that I think is really important and that we need to know this in our own lives as well. When God moves, people become curious about what's going on in our lives, right? God's moving in this bush and Moses is like, I gotta go see it. I gotta go check out what's going on here. When God moves in your life, people look at you and say, I have to see what's going on in this person's life. Why have they changed? Why have they maybe shifted in their opinion of something? Why have they become more compassionate, more joyful, more love, less fear? even when things seem crazy like a burning bush. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said these three words that are said often and over and over again in scripture. Here I am, here am I. It shows up when people are willing to be available to God. And when people are willing to be available to God, God can use them. Availability is an important Old Testament and New Testament anchor point. So let me ask you this. Are you available to God in this moment? If God was calling you to something that you didn't necessarily want to do or something that you didn't necessarily know that you could do or something that went against what you felt like you or the direction you felt like you were heading, would you be available to God in the moment? Would you say, here I am? Would you say, here am I? Because if you will... God can use you. And if you won't, you'll miss the call of God in your life. So what is your burning bush in this moment? What is God calling you to do? And how will you know? Well, I got to tell you, and I think this is a very important point. First of all, God doesn't lead from fear. What God calls you to may create some anxiety, but he's not going to do it out of an abundance of fear in your life. What I mean is, if you're living your life and you're afraid and you think God is calling you to do something that's going to make either other people more afraid or you more afraid, that's probably not God calling you. If you're being called to something out of fear, that probably is not God. And friends, this happens all the time. I mean, we can talk about things that are happening right now in the world where people are feeling like they're being called out of fear and they're responding and reacting out of fear. That's never of God. It can't be of God. Because perfect love casts out fear. And if we're listening to God, we understand that we're in the presence of perfect love. And because we're in the presence of perfect love, that fear can't be what it is that is calling us. And there's too many of us that are living with too much fear right now. And I get it. It feels like a scary time. But it doesn't have to be. If you begin to cultivate 
a sense of not just courage, but of love in your life. If you can do that, then the world probably is a little bit less of a scary place. But if all you're doing, and this goes to sourcing again, and we say this so many times, if all you're doing is listening to the sources in the world that are telling you everything is falling apart all the time, then we're in real trouble. There has to be some hope that you live with. And my hope is that you can find some hope. And if God is calling you to something, he's calling you out of hope because he hopes that you can do it. He believes that you can do it. Number two, God doesn't call those who have another allegiance. Right? Matthew 6, 24 says it this way, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now this text is not just about money, even though it often is um, interpreted to be just about money. It's about more than that. If God is calling you to do something for him, it is specifically for him and for other people. It's not just for an organization or a, a, an ideology. It's for more than that. It's to bring people together. It's to convene the people of God and to grow the kingdom of God. It will always be that. God doesn't call those who have another allegiance. And three, God can use anyone who is available and open. Now, it's one thing to be there. It's another thing to be listening. And this is, I think, what God moved to in the conversation with Moses. Moses says, I'm here. Yeah, I'm right here. But are you listening? So this is what God says. And I wonder if it was a test. I'm not sure that it was. Let's not go that far in the interpretation of this particular scripture. But it feels almost like it was a text. Like, are you listening to me? He says, don't come any closer. Closer. That's what the Lord warned. And then he says, take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. God then reminded Moses of the gravity of the situation. It's because God showed up that the ground is holy. It wasn't before, it was just a bunch of dirt. But when God showed up, the ground became holy. And the calling that God was about to give Moses on his life had become holy as well. And the same thing is true in our lives. When we step into the work of God, the ground that we step into, because the presence of God is there, will become holy ground. I don't care what it is that you do. When was the last time you stood on holy ground? Man, we, when we go to Israel, it feels like much of it is holy. But I got to tell you, so many of you work on holy ground every single day. Healthcare, teachers, those who are first responders in situations in our lives, pastors. The list goes on and on and on and on because when you take on the call of God in your life, it becomes holy ground, the work that you do. It doesn't have to be in a church. It doesn't have to be in a temple. But it has to be where the presence of God is revealed and the presence of God will be revealed through you. You see, when God is present, the ground becomes holy. So invite God into the process from the beginning. But I gotta tell you what that thing is gonna do, what it's gonna happen when you, what's going to happen when you bring God into the process very early on and when you feel like you're beginning to be called, fear will flee right? Courage will be your catalyst to do the work that God is calling you to do. And competency will be constructed in your life in a way that you didn't even know you had. You didn't know you could do the things that God is calling you to do. And so Moses wants to get 
I mean, God wants to get real serious with Moses. And he says, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he realized that he was standing in the presence of the Holy One of the universe. And he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Because whenever we're in the presence of God, everything is going to change. And if God's presence doesn't humble you, you're not paying attention or you're not in it. If it does not stop you in your tracks, then either, either it isn't there or you don't care. And that's a scary place to be. Recognizing when holy shows up is really important. Recognizing when the God of the universe decides to pay you a visit is incredibly important, whether it's in your prayer life, and I hope you have one, whether it's in your study, and I hope you do that, whether it's in the way that you worship or the way that you care for other people, when God's presence shows up, we are humbled if we're paying attention. But then the Lord tells him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard the cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. God is empathy. God is compassion. And aren't you grateful that he does? God is not a God that is disconnected from the people that he loves. God is a God who, who suffers along with us, suffers along with his people. And so he says this, listen, I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with, and you know this, right? Milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites now live. So he had a plan, but there's a lot of people in that land. We'll get to that later. He continues in Exodus 3.9. He says, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. See, God has ears to hear. Now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. This is the call. I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. See, because a call always has connection to action. God doesn't call people to sit. He's never done that. He has never done that. It has always been a call to action. It's interesting, when Soren Kierkegaard was writing, he, he was one of the, you know, those writers who talked about a leap of faith. And a contemporary of his, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, said, no, it's not a leap of faith. It's a leap of action. So the question becomes, pretty quickly, what action has God called you to? What are you called to do for him? Not out of fear, but out of obedience to create more grace and more love in the world. But there's a second question that we have to ask as well, which is how will you rearrange your life to accomplish his will? And now is a good time to think about that because we're in this interstitial moment we're still on lockdown. We still have a long ways to go before this pandemic is beaten back. But as we begin to see light at the end of the tunnel, as we begin to hope that this pestilence abates by the work that we do and the way that we care for one another, 
we have a moment to say, what can I do to rearrange my life? Because when you rearrange the life, the game is completely different. I don't know if any of you are chess players. I fancied myself a chess player when I was in seventh and eighth grade, which shows you how good I was. I was not great. And uh, I remember teaching one of my friends to play chess. Now that's one of the worst things to do in the world because one of two things can happen. One, they don't care. And two, they're better than you very quickly. And so I, I, I taught a few different people how to play chess. And I had this one particular friend. He was, he grew up and he became an artist. So he's always like a divergent thinker, right? And I, I laid out the chessboard. I put it together as I lifted it up. And I was like, hey, man, I want to teach you how to play chess. And he's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. So I put my pieces all in the way that they should be. And he did not. He just put them however he wanted to, willy-nilly. And I said, hey, man, you can't do that. And he said, why not? And I said, because there's a way that you play this game. Like it has to be this way and then it has to be that way and it has to be this way. And he goes, oh, I don't want to play that way. And I said, well, we can't play chess without playing it right. And he said, why not? We'll still have all the things, all the pieces move the same way. It'll just make it more interesting. And I was like, no, there's a strategy. Things have to go a certain way. And if you change it, then you change the whole game. If you rearrange the pieces of your life, when God calls you to something, it changes the whole game. It changes who you are. It changes what you do. It changes the way that you see the world and the way that you interact with the world. And if you're happy with the way you've been doing it till now, then don't rearrange anything. But I gotta tell you, I wanna grow. I wanna move towards greater love. I wanna move towards greater peace. I wanna move towards greater unity. I'm tired of the conversations that we've been having and I want them to be raised to the level of Jesus, not brought down to the level of humanity and where things have been. I don't want that anymore. I hope you don't. Every single one of us, every single one of us has been called by God for a particular purpose to do something very particular in this world. If you're listening and you recognize God is calling you, then you are humbled by the fact that God is willing to walk with you through that whole thing. You know how the story goes with Moses, right? Moses is like, ah, not me. I can't speak that well. I'm not so good at this kind of thing. So God's like, okay, well, okay, bring your brother, I guess, because maybe he can speak for you. But before that, he says, how are they even gonna listen to me? They don't even care. And God says, let me tell you what you tell them. You tell them that, and it's such a great term. He says, I am, but it's a statement of being the whole thing, right? To be has called you to this. Whatever it is you see, whatever it is you smell, whatever it is you taste, all that has called you to this. God says, I am, and he says, I am all of this. And now, not in a pantheistic way, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is I created all of this. The very fact that there is being in the world is because I am a being. I am, that's who sent you. Now, we know how the story goes. There's plagues and there's plagues and there's plagues. And we're going to pick up the story next week. After all that, we're not going to spend a lot of time there. I apologize if, they, if you love that part of the story. But I do want you to know this. There's a burning bush somewhere in your life. And maybe you have to go out to the desert to see it so there's no other distractions. Maybe you got to turn off your television. You got to turn off your social media. You got to turn off all the sources that you're getting everything. And you got to begin to go back to that bush 
where God decided to reside for a moment and make the ground around it holy to call you to what he would have you be and what he wants you to do. And whatever that is, you know it's gonna be something that brings greater joy, greater compassion, greater love, and greater unity into this planet. If, if you believe you're called by God, whatever it is he's called you to do will bring us to that. So this is a good time as we think about coming out of captivity to think about what God has really called you to, to find out if you've strayed from an earlier call or there is a new call in your life specifically, not one that's born out of fear, but one that comes from the grace and the belief that God has in you and in me. I've got to tell you, I want to come out of this flying. I want to build momentum as things are, are, you know, hopefully getting better. I want to build momentum for our community, for the kingdom of God, so that we come out of this launched into the next part of life that God has given us. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. And I believe God's going to be with us through that whole journey. So this week, what I want you to do is I want you to look for your burning bush. And when you find it, I want you to write it down, put it in the notes in your phone, put it in whatever journal you have. I want you to recognize the burning bush that is burning in your life and calling to you. And I want you to say these three words. Here I am. Let's bow our heads. Lord of grace the great I am. I won't say that. I'll add a phrase. I am here. Lord, what you would have me do, I will follow. I will do. And Lord, I believe we are a church that, are made, that is made up of people who desperately want to follow your call, who want to see the burning bush and who want to be available to you. So Lord, where we have fear, calm our fears. Lord, where you need to redirect us so that we are not listening to those voices of anger and pain in our lives, Lord, redirect us. Lord, grow us in unity, compassion, and grace towards one another. And God, most of all, remember how available we are to you so that you can build into us the competency that you need to help heal this world. Lord, we want to do this with you and we want to do this together. We pray this in your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Amen.